0: Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's Wednesday night. Wednesday night. And that's right, it has begun. It's November 1st, and we are now in the thick of holiday season 2023. We're in the thick of it now on All Saints Day. November 1st is when you can just uh, concentrate on the good old wholesome stuff to come in the next six to eight weeks it's just going to be a great time and yes for those of you i've had a couple people ask me today well frank did you put your uh, christmas tree up yet yep yep it's a little bit of a shorter show tonight because we got band practice i got band practice around eight o'clock i don't know if they get here around eight o'clock or a little bit afterwards we're setting up light rigs and things that we're going to be testing for the gig on saturday so we need one more uh, tune-up. We're gonna be going acoustic tonight, not um, not with the normal uh, the normal electronic setup, in-ear stuff. So we gotta have to get that done tonight. So because I only had an hour to plan for tonight, I had a little bit extra time today, and around one p.m. is when I went and go. I went and dragged up the tree. And uh, Lauren and I had a really good time. Once uh, Aurora was in bed for her nap, and she slept for a good two hours, so uh, a lot got done today. Not not uh, decorations, but the tree is up. It's in a good position. We tried out our new rotating tree stand that uh, my mother got us as a uh, as a new housewarming gifts gift because we haven't had a tree in the last couple of years. After Aurora was born, uh, she was born in 2020, that Christmas 2020, we had the the tree around because, you know, what was she going to do? She was just a little, you know, two-month-old lump. She couldn't do anything. But, you know, once she the the next Christmas, she was already walking, and then last year, we're just like, you know what? It's already a small... the, The living room was too small. Let's just not do a Christmas tree. Let's go and get ourselves a really big wreath. And we bought this majestic wreath, and we put it on the wall, and it was so bright. And it was just we had so much, uh, such a good time with that wreath. And we still we don't know what to do with it. In fact, we don't know what to do with that wreath. It is so enormous. It's like one of those things you would put up in a, a hotel lobby somewhere. That's how big that is. But um, no wreath this year because we have more than enough floor space now in this little upgrade that we've been working on all year and uh, it was just really nice to see it so uh really nice to see it all and my mother got us a rotating rotating tree um tree base man i had two people tell me frank don't you think it's a little early i said early christmas is almost over early what the hell are you doing it's already almost christmas 2025. soak this up you need to soak this up. You need to savor it. You have to let this into your heart. You have to let it you have to let the embers cause a fire in your being as quickly as possible because you have to stoke that fire and keep it lit all year next year. And my God, are we going to need it next year. So um so yeah, I'll keep you updated with all that. Aurora was so excited when I brought her down from her nap and she saw that tree up and then she did a Christmas tree dance. She did a Christmas tree dance and uh, and a song. So I uh, took great delight in that. I don't know what you did today. Maybe some of you uh, did the same. I'd love to hear from you later on. But it's November 1st. We're now in the thick of it. Tonight is going to be a little bit of a abbreviated show. But I think we're going to have a good one. I have a couple of stories to unwind with. Uh, open lines to whatever people are thinking. I want to get there as quickly as possible. Because you know how... You know, a couple of quick stories can turn into the entire show over here. And um, away we go. Wonderful feedback on last night's show with Dr. Albert Taylor. I, I felt like we were here l- real late. You know, I felt we were, we only started at 8. We ended at 10 instead of 9. But I felt like we were here until midnight last night. It was so weird. Um, got home in time to see the, uh, the Rangers win over the uh the diamondbacks yet again they can go and take the whole damn thing tonight the world series so i saw a little bit of that and uh that was the end of halloween 2023 which i gotta say was was it was nice i think we did just enough good spooky stuff on this show if it weren't for this show i, I don't know what i would do maybe i have a little bit more time to watch movies you know i watched uh, quite a bit that was on quite TV. So I was able to get in the mood that way. But other than that, I think that the, the spooky factor is really kept alive in my life through what we do on this show. And it made last night so much more um, satisfying. Say, okay, it's completed, the deed is done, that's behind us, let's go forward. Well, tomorrow night we're going to have Chris Ann Hall calling into the show. Sorry to say she was not able to come into New York to come into the studio. We were working on that for two months. And it just did not pan out that way. But um, one day, maybe in 2024, we can make Chris an uh, an offer she can't refuse, perhaps. And um, and it might be uh, we might be able to do that uh, because of announcements. I am going to uh, tell you just on the other side of the intro. Alright, we also have comedian Mike Baldwin coming on the show on Friday night. I think Matt is really going to like Mike. I don't know what we're going to talk about yet, but I'll talk to him soon and we'll get that all worked out. Uh, on Saturday, Set the Charge, my band, we're going to be playing a gig in Jersey City, opening up for David Michael Frank. I know he sounds like the uh, like he could be the, uh, the, the the new White Ranger, but he is one of Anthony's uh, friends. He's I think he's a very popular TikToker or something like that, music TikToker, and And uh, They're doing like a house party kind of a setup. I don't know what it is. It's like a private event, but not I don't understand But I I'll just sit on the drums and I'll play for 20 minutes. It's only a short set So or else I would push it harder. What we are trying to do is we are trying to put together a longer set our own show in spring that we want to promote for a couple of months that we want to be able to plan to have a broadcast aspect to it so that some of you can travel to come out and make a weekend out of it come see the show uh and also for those of you who can't travel there'll be some way for you to tune in and have a pretty decent audio feed so we'll, we'll figure that all out as time goes on we have months and months and months and then uh next week we're starting off with bob moda that's right we're going to be talking about the delphi murders true crime night that's going to be on november 6th marley hornick of New York Citizen Audit is going to be calling in with an uh, with an update. That's a local election day over here in New York, probably for you as well. On the 8th, we're talking to Velez and V Gorilla. That's going to be great to have them both on, a little bit of a round table. Monica Kelsey, Safe Haven Baby Boxes is going to be on with us on November 9th. On November 11th, I'll go, I'm going to go out there and do the Spartan Race at Fenway Park. You remember last year? I did the Spartan race with Anthony at uh, City Field in Queens. This time I'm going up to Massachusetts. I'm running around in Fenway Park. Haven't been there since 1999. Won't we'll watch the Yankees play there right before the All-Star game. Uh, and, then, and then November 15th, Robin McCutcheon is coming back. November 16th, I'm pretty sure we have Razor Fist coming on that night. Uh, Danny Katz with a new book coming on November 21st. I'm working on one of a couple of things that could happen on november 22nd the night before thanksgiving we'll see what happens i'm not going to say one thing or another uh because i don't want to jinx anything i think they're both pretty good options and if they all fall through then i didn't promise you something that got your your balls blue sorry won't do it as far as tony black friday this year we'll see i'm always leaving it up to tony you know he's 92 93 now I don't want to force him. Into, he loves coming by. If he comes by, it'll be a shorter segment. Just see how he's doing, you know, and just um, take some questions from the audience and have a good time. And then we're already knocking on the door of December right now with the booking. So that'll be good. All right. Thank you to Blue Monster Prep for being my sponsor tonight and always. Go and check them out on the affiliates page on quitefrankly.tv and start doing your, your shopping. I'm sure there's a lot of people in your life that wants to get started on their prepping Journey. Go and buy them a sleeve of food. Get them some water filtration. Get them something. Uh, get them a, uh, a gift certificate. Go check out bluemonsterprep.com on quite frankly.tv and everything else on the affiliates page. Here's the first one up for you. This is a little bit of a post Halloween scare, if you will. Uh, it comes from msn.com. Means so much more. Trans activist Dylan Mulvaney wins Woman of the Year award. <laughs> how does that make you feel, ladies? <laughs> um, how does that make you feel? So we don't need to go into that. Obviously, just pretty much like a consolation prize for being the uh, the, the lightning rod for the Bud Light uh, psyop, you know, all that is for conditioning. All is that, all that is for conditioning. All that is to test the fences, to see how much farther we have to go, how much you have to take your foot off the gas pedal with all the massaging of these, you know, these cultural shifts that are being orchestrated by one group or another. And, um, and there you go. And then you throw in a couple of, uh, floozy woman of the year awards and it, it, It's ridiculous. Anyway, here's another one who wishes he was getting some kind of an award now, but he's kind of becoming back page news is uh, President Zelensky, if you want to call him a president of Ukraine. I thought this was a really revealing article by time. And uh, here's what it says. The headline is, nobody believes in our victory like I do. Inside, President Zelensky's struggle to keep Ukraine in the fight. Okay, now. This is the. This is what really leapt out at me. These these two. These two article, uh, two um, excerpts right over here. Listen to this. Now he's talking about how he ha- he's been having a. Uh, this is a, all about how he's having a really frustrating time, doing his job. He feels like he's not getting enough support from his Western allies anymore. He's the only one that re- that that believes in the cause, whatever the hell he thinks the cause is or was. Um. And here we go. Uh, the public support for Ukraine, for aid to Ukraine, has been in decline for months in the U.S., and Zelensky's visit to the U.S. did nothing to revive it. Okay? Things get old. Things get very old. You know, every act tires. All right? Uh, everything, everything has to, uh, to be put away from time to time. Time says that some 41% of Americans want Congress to provide more weapons to Kiev down from 65% in June. And uh, if this is the same people who are polling Joe Biden uh, north of 30%, then that 41% is nonsense. Because I'm pretty sure that it's just whoever the hell they're double-dipping in the sampling is giving them something that they can work with uh, because I I cannot believe that 41% of the country has Ukraine as the, four, the foremost thought in their minds and th- them needing to win some impossible war against the Russians. I don't believe it, but anyway. When Ukraine began, uh, and this is down 65% in June, when Ukraine began a major counter-offensive, according to a Reuters survey taken shortly after Zelensky's departure, the offensive has proceeded at an excruciating pace, meaning it's being stuffed, It's getting stiff armed from the beginning with enormous losses, making it ever more difficult for Zelensky to convince partners that victory is around the corner. It's not he doesn't have to convince anybody that see this. This is all the the way you have to learn to read the news. He's not convincing anybody. He's a puppet on this on a string. His so-called partners are his handlers and they were telling him what he's going to continue to be doing at what they're going to send next, how much money, uh, how much personnel, how much equipment, and all that stuff. And he was just going to be the guy that they threw up on the Grammys and that was going to meet with Sean Penn and all that other shit. That's what's going on here. He, he isn't inspiring anything inside of the his partners at NATO and the CIA and Mossad. He's not inspiring anything there. He was told what to do, which which foot to step forward with first. I mean, that's just what we have going on over here. So it's even more difficult for Zelensky to convince people that victory is around the corner. With the outbreak of the war in Israel, uh, even keeping the world's attention on Ukraine has become a major challenge. Wow. One hell of a paragraph right there, isn't it? Here's... Three more sentences for you that I think are pretty important. Two paragraphs down, says Zelensky feels betrayed by his Western allies. They have left him without the means to win the war, only the means to survive it. And for how long, huh? But his convictions haven't changed. His belief in Ukraine's ultimate victory over Russia has hardened into a form that worries some of his advisors. This reminds me of the uh, that that uh, that Hitler movie. That Hitler movie where he's trying to carry on but his advisors are just like, uh, "Hey, we're we're done." And he he won't accept it. It is immovable, verging on the messianic. Here's a quote. He deludes himself. One of his closest aides tells me in frustration, "Quote we are out of options. We are not winning, but try telling him that. <laughs> my, oh, my. So, but, um, I, I, you know, with that being said, I don't, I don't know how he would feel completely abandoned by his allies because did you hear that Anthony Blinken or Anthony Blinken Went so far to show his support of Ukraine that he turned Zelensky into a Halloween costume for his toddler. There you go. There you go. The Allies coming to the rescue there. Anthony Blinken dresses son as Zelensky for the White House Halloween party. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken dresses four year old son as Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky for a Halloween event with President Biden on the White House lawn Monday night. Biden gave the young Zelensky, who wore a dark green sweatshirt, a box of M&Ms bearing the presidential seal, after asking Congress earlier this month to give another $61.4 billion for the real deal, on top of $113 billion already appropriated. (laughs) So there you go. Blinken was accompanied by his wife, Biden. And remember, $61.4 billion. And even uh, Zelensky's closest aides know the war is over. So for a war that has been over since the opening months of the conflict, where, where, oh, where have the billions gone? How many Lamborghinis have been bought? Blinken was accompanied by his wife, Biden's uh, White House Cabinet Secretary, Evan Ryan, and her three-year-old daughter, who was dressed in the Ukrainian flag's blue and yellow scheme. So they sent their son as a CIA puppet And they sent their daughter as a flag for another country. I'm just checking out, boys and girls. I'm checking out. i just checking out. Checking out. That says a lot right there. When your cause has turned into a toddler's Halloween costume. You know that you are a low man on a totem pole. You know it. Wouldn't be surprised if Sean Penn goes and sends a courier... To uh, re- retrieve his Oscar, I- if that was even a real Oscar, can we all just contemplate that for a little bit? He shows up, it's show business. He gave him a trophy. How do we know if it's really his? Could be a duplicate. You know, it's it's who the hell knows? It's like that 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 scene at the end of uh, or in the beginning of Three Amigos uh, when the studio just takes everything away from the Amigos. They just they're they're not needed anymore. They're just expendable. That's exactly what's happening right now. Take Zelensky's clothes. All right. That's all for right now. Let's start off the show. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere and help me share this far and wide. We will be right back.
1: Lucky, I think maybe we should... What we're talking about is money.
2: Real money. Amigo money. No dough. No show.
1: Boys. Boys. Let me just say one thing. It'll be a cold day in hell when Harry Flugelman lets an actor tell him what to do.
3: Are you living in the studio mansion?
0: Yeah?
2: Well, not anymore, you're not. Sam! The amigos are out of the mansion. Where did you get those clothes? From a movie? Yeah, the studio gave them to us. Those darn amigos. Well, we're taking them back. Sam!
3: Get wardrobe over here right away. Take the amigo's clothes.
2: Wait a minute. You can't
1: take our clothes. You gave us these clothes. They were presents. Come on, wait a minute. But lucky... Oh, wait a second. I think you misread who you're talking to here. Miss Red? I want these schmucks off of my lot.
4: <laughs> yeah, okay. hey.
0: So I want to tell you guys something. I'm something I'm very excited about, and it's going to be, uh, it's news. It definitely is. In in, in our world over here, in Quite Frankly Land, it's news. And um, we have been presented with an opportunity to do something that I've wanted to do for a long time. Uh, as far as taking steps to fortify the show, um, much like No Agenda has done in their own little place, space, how Owen Benjamin has done in his own place and whatever and um, made an exclusive place for wh- where people can see the show and do that and um, and that's what we're going to be doing the same in, in many ways so starting no later than november 13th because we need time to get all of our production um, ducks in a row the second hour of the nightly 7 p.m broadcast will only be available on quite TV live not behind a paywall nothing like that but on Quite Frankly TV or pill.net and that's um, and I'll tell you a little bit more about this. So about two years ago, we worked with our uh, friends at pillnet to create the iframe which integrated the Foxhole video chat and uh, all that into Quite Frankly TV because um, we wanted to give you know new life to the the Quite Frankly Network that I wanted to build for for years, but had we had been. Kicked off of, uh, or we had that scuttled on D Live. Uh, we wanted to try it on Theta, and that wasn't working out either. And now you know, Pilled said, "Hey, hey! Not only do we have the infrastructure, but you know, we're we're friends, we're neighbors, and uh, as far as free speech, second to none, second to none." And now Pilled, after these last couple of years of us putting our time into that structure and marrying our Our network and the the website to Foxhole, which is their video streaming service inside of Pill.net. They're investing a little bit into us, heading into 2024, and this really really excites me to no end to have this kind of security on a platform that values free speech like no other. And I um, it's exciting to me because I've been working feverishly with the whole crew to um, prepare for a fresh new year. It means. It means more freedom, it means more control, and it means more flexible production budget. And none of you, especially, none of you are behind a paywall. It would have been a deal breaker. So for your monthly subscribers, I just wanna let you know, I'll continue to develop more and more exclusive content just for you to receive the book clubs, the, the, the Sunday office hours that we were doing just this past Sunday, we started taking calls during Sunday streams. That was really amazing. Uh, but the 7 PM show, all that is changing is that at the intermission at intermission time, everyone will be invited to go to quite and press play. That's it. And from there, from there, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm relishing the, the opportunity to be able to do so much still on all these platforms and invite people by, over, grow them on other platforms, and bring them back home to where there will never be a deplatforming, that we'll never lose touch of one-third of the audience every time that we get a strike. Any one of them could be the last ones. You know, here, and look, here take a look at this. Watch this. Hold on. Here you go. For everybody, Quite frankly, dot TV. Boom, and then watch this, play. And from there, there I am. From there, I, I, I just, I'm I'm relishing the, the opportunity to be able to do, that's me from like, I don't know, 30 seconds ago. That's how easy it is. That's how easy it is. There's nothing I would put in your way as an impediment. And if you love the show and you wanna just stick with me and go into the future and try something new, um, I'm thinking about survival and to be able to thrive in a survival situation. I think everybody is, and, um, and I'm excited for it. So it's, uh, it's going to be a new routine, but a simple routine. Like, for example, if you like how YouTube and Rumble cast to the television, well, so does pill.net, so does what we have on quitefrankly.tv. Whenever I go home and I'm ending the night watching what we have in the after-hour show, I'm right there on my phone, Cast it right to the television, and I had a great time. I was watching Scream and Scary Movie with you guys from my uh, the coziness of my living room on Sunday night. That's the way it is. And also, um, we are going to be making brief tutorial videos for Apple and Android devices, all kind of mobile devices. They're going to be so easy. We're doing everything we can to make you guys not feel uh, like, oh, I'm to learn something new. I like this, but I don't want to leave. And it's, it's just, it's, it's all right. It's going to be okay. There's no vague terms of service on pill.net. There's no hate speech craziness there, no medical misinformation strikes. I, I seriously don't understand. There's something screwy with even Rumble's numbers. I don't know what it is yet. And they have a lot of that hate speech stuff in their T, uh, TOS. You never know when that can come around and start biting people in the ass. So, I mean, and the best thing about this is that our friends at Pilled, Matt and Matt, the Matts, they have invested so much into their physical and virtual infrastructure over the last uh, year or so that there has been virtually zero downtime. I, I, I believe it's actually zero downtime in the last 12 months over there. No buffer, no performance issues on our end that I could account for. And uh, and things continue to get better because they're responsive and they listen to what's going on with the user experience. And that's something that we don't have anywhere else. So, oh, and you know what else? Just like I was saying before, this is a hedge against losing touch with you guys whenever something strikes. So I'm gonna be doubling down on our independence on this and I wanna make sure that no company gets in the way of us reaching the audience that we've found all, all along the way in life. That we voluntarily followed each other and get together every night like I said just like what people like Owen Benjamin do um, with unauthorized TV or a lot of things going on on cozy TV or how no agenda does it it's just smart especially going into the uncharted territory the wall of fog that we are once again drifting into on the other side of the new year you just don't know and and like I said before, the deal that we struck with with uh, with Pilled it only applies to the live broadcasts of the seven p.m. show, the second half of it. So that means the bonus streams, the Saturday night broadcasts, and everything else that we develop uh, live outside of that seven o'clock show. It's going to be live everywhere in its entirety. It also because it only applies to the um, to the live show. The day after a show airs, I will still be archiving the full shows the full episodes on rumble and bit and the podcast will be just as usual nothing will affect the podcast uploads at that, that night so we'll still be uploading the interviews sharing the best of clips we'll give you know and then the best thing is we get to give more resources to our production needs we have more of that it's not a lot it's, a, uh, it, it's, a, it's just a really nice really nice thing that very very heavily favors free speech and um, what I think is a really great platform over there at PILD.net. So I just want to thank Matt and Matt from PILD for the, um, for the opportunity. We, we put a lot of faith in, in PILD and Foxhole, selecting it for the home of our network while, a while ago, and this mutual investment feels very right. And, you know, who knows what the, the, the future brings. We're just going to try it out. And, uh, and give it our best and I think that we've got a lot of good stuff to give so I, I encourage you all to stick with me because the good times are only going to keep rolling that's why we've been practicing holding guests over for the second half of the show on the other side of the intermission that's why we've been practicing new ways of taking calls from the audience with a guest on it is my mission to make the second half of every show worthy of the effort that it's going to take to go to quitefrankly.tv and press play. That's all it takes. And I know that you guys, uh, those of you even who are most hesitant, will be able to do that. And it will be second nature. I I, I hope so. Because I'd love to have you on with me forever. Okay. Anyway, let's go into something new now. Because that was my big uh, announcement. I want to... I want to let you all know for a while now but i just there were so many other things that were going on in the background i just got distracted and i i needed a night like this to kind of stretch out with it and tell you what was on my mind um elon musk have a couple of things to do here Here's the headline from the Daily Mail. Elon Musk unleashes in fiery Joe Rogan podcast. Tesla owner slams George Soros for eroding the fabric of civilization, says he bought Twitter because it was being controlled by the far left and warns of the woke mind virus. Let's listen to a little bit of the George Soros comments. It's right here. It's about two minutes long. And Soros, I don't know. I mean, he had a very difficult upbringing.
2: Um, And uh, I... In my opinion, he fundamentally hates humanity. Huh. That's my opinion. Really? Yeah. I mean, well, he's doing things that erode the fabric of civilization. You know, uh, getting DAs elected who refuse to prosecute crime. That's part of the problem in San Francisco and L.A. and much of other cities. So why would you do that?
3: Was it humanity or is it just the United States as a whole?
2: I mean, I mean he's pushing things places? in other countries, too. He's not doing just the here. Same thing? Yeah. Now, George at this point is pretty old. I mean, he's not—you uh, know—he's basically a bit senile at this point. But I mean, he—he—and he, and, he's—he's—he's he's very smart, um, and he's very good at arbitrage. You know, famously, he uh, shorted the British pound. That's sort of how uh, I think he made his first money was shorting the pound. Um, so he's, he's good at spotting. Uh, basically, arbitrage like spotting. He also
0: made a pretty, uh, pretty good amount of money working for the Nazis too.
2: Value for money that other people don't see. So uh, one of the things he noticed was that in it, it, that that the value for money in local races is much higher than it is in national races. So the lowest value for money is a presidential race.
0: So the, so we get to now now. I, I got to give him credit. I mean Musk himself represents, especially if we're you know, talking to uh past guests like Jason Burmis and we had these conversations ourselves. Um he represents sort of a Skynet level threat in many ways just because of the technology he dabbles with and his outlook on things, including governance and all that. Um but Musk does. There's I mean there's no there's there's no not many people on the planet with his reach and his wealth that is able to cut this deeply into the issue that is George Soros's empire. Because, let's face it, yeah, he is in his 90s. He'll be dead sooner than later. But the machine he built will live on through his offspring, his associates, through the generations of people that he influenced culturally through his investments, uh, his people who control the courtrooms, like Elon Musk just said there. The newsrooms across the country. Remember we were talking about a dozen or two small newspapers that they had just bought in Maine? Soros just bought in Maine. This was a couple of months ago. That's what he, he, he's saying it right here that the uh, the the political dollars that are are it, it's far it's worth far more locally than um, on a presidential level. Yeah, that's why he's buying local papers. Duping local people. now we, we just finished reading the Godfather and in, in in the book. Compared to the movie, we get so much more detailed vision of how much Don Vito controlled, you know, from the financial houses to the politicians to the judges. It's the same exact thing, only, you know, they, uh, obviously the, the moral makeup, the character of both uh, Don Vito Corleone and, um, and uh, you know, George Soros are totally different. But, I mean, that, that power, that privatized power does exist does exist and it is not uh, in and of itself the power that controls the world it is plugged into a a larger consortium which is even crazier really is now there's another thing that happened this morning uh i played a few clips of the interview we played a few clips of the interview uh, tracy did and uh, really some interesting things that were going on elon why he bought twitter uh his assertion that a hundred miles squared of solar panels in the desert can power the entire country that means every city in the country everything talking about solar power that it's it's there for the taking uh it was interesting it was interesting enough uh but it can i kept getting pulled away by the clanking of ice of ice and scotch glasses followed by the sound of joe rogan And Elon Musk recruiting every muscle it takes to swallow a mouthful of liquid. Because every swallow was right in front of the microphone. You could literally hear every muscle in their throats being recruited to get that liquid down into their bellies. Okay, every muscle. Now, I drink all throughout a show. But you would barely know it unless you were watching me. If you're in podcast land, probably don't know it. Um, But you know Whereas I thought that was bad enough Then I was emailed By a member of the audience Who had listened to that morning show this morning And they said Frank if you think that was bad Then you need to look into About an hour and a half into The episode Because around an hour and a half in That is when they ordered a pizza And I I had to see this for myself And now you have to see And hear this for yourself too you need to hear this this is a uh, minute long clip of what happened about an hour later
2: <laughs> why not <laughs> because
3: it's not really good for you
0: <laughs> so what, what they ordered was a pizza joe rogan insisted that the greatest pizza you can order or his favorite pizza is double pineapple double anchovy and they asked uh jamie i think i guess his, his executive producer or whatever he is to go out there and get the pizza for he and Elon to uh, indulge in, not after the show, not after the show, in uh, in post-coitus bliss, but no, right now, you have <laughs> uh-huh.
2: Well, I don't think anyone's going to accuse pizza of being like a, the healthiest thing in the world. This looks awesome. That
3: does look awesome. <laughs> you want to play, Jamie? Yeah. Get in there, sir. Grab a piece. All right, sick. let's
2: go. <laughs> this is awesome.
3: And uh, what's the name of this pizza Living place, again? Pizza Leone.
2: Pizza Leone?
3: Yep. Shout out to Pizza Leone. Oh yeah.
2: That really hits the spot. That's legit.
3: I mean, I'm no Dave Portnoy. I'm not
0: like
3: <laughs> a, a pizza analyst. He'll probably. I'm not gonna rate it. It's excellent.
2: This porn really gets into pizza.
3: Oh, ma'am. <laughs>
0: <sighs> Which of you in the audience thinks that this is appropriate? Which of you in the audience think this is the. I, I, show yourself right now. We all want to take a good look at you. Show yourself. Which of you in the audience thinks that this is appropriate? Hmm? How many of you feel nice inside? listening to them squish and smack their way through a pizza. How many of you? Go ahead. Raise your hand so we can all take a good look at you. Maybe next time we can get a microphone placed inside of Joe and Elon's large intestine to hear the pizza on its way back out. Maybe we can get that next time. And let me just say, let me just say, like I said this morning, if you and I went out to dinner i'm not even going to notice the way you eat this is not about uh, me thinking that anybody who sits down and, and eats food it should be somehow muted that the food as it's being crushed and chewed is not going to make some kind of a sound that i, I mean just that, that you should not show any enjoyment any lev- level of enjoyment in your food or whatever I, that is ridiculous okay you and i let's sit down let's order some hot wings let's make them extra saucy i don't care now unless your mouth is hanging open and it becomes a, evident to me that you were raised by wolves I don't care eating it, sounds are made when you're eating unless you're talking with your mouth full of food and food is flying out of your mouth as you, ch- you struggle to speak through the food I don't care or If you're a YouTube channel that exists just for the purpose of having people on your channel listen to you eat bananas in front of a microphone with the gain turned all the way up, then I guess you're getting what you signed up for. I have no problem. Don't understand it. And I know it helps some of you guys and gals out there sleep somehow. It helps some of you guys and gals sleep out there to listen to somebody slurp an orange. I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. I don't get it. But, te salud. I don't know what else to say. But from a broadcast perspective, this is pig shit. This is pig shit. And this is far worse than anything Michael Savage has ever done. Ever. Now, you can call me an old man all you want. I've always felt this way. I felt this way in my 20s. It's just about standards. And I don't know how you do this to an audience. I don't know how you do it. I can't, I can't fathom doing this to you guys can't fathom you remember the time that my mom was on the show and I heard a I, I don't I guess she had a uh a throat lozenge in her mouth and first I noticed it because she was talking funny There was obviously something in her mouth I said what's going on what's in your mouth and um and she she thought I was just gonna let it go I said did you you can't have a cough drop dancing across your teeth, tap dancing across your teeth when you're talking into a microphone. Like People don't think that, they don't think. I've just, this is incredible to me. It's incredible to me, it's incredible. I don't know. Okay, um, we're gonna be right back. Did I, pre- be right back and then we're gonna take, I wanna do I uh, I wanna do another story that I think is really interesting. And then hopefully we'll be able to take some of your calls. Be right back. Nope, I don't have anything for break. So, <laughs> shit. Actually, there was one video I was going to show you guys. You can, you can call in with thoughts on this. There was one video I wanted to show you guys. This was incredibly funny. Where is it? Is this it? Did you see all the kids that were dressing up as Joe Biden? Uh, Joe Biden and his uh, his Secret Service—he's falling all over the place. This is hilarious. I have to show it to you. It's uh, this made my day this morning. I really, uh, t- hats off to the to the Zoomers who did this. He's fall. He's about to fall. Whoa,
4: whoa. <laughs> Mr. President, Mr. President,
1: please, please, it's one step, Mr. President. One step. Yes, Mr. President. good job. <laughs>
0: Oh, that, okay. So, for those of you in podcast land, somebody is Joe Biden. He has his Joe Biden, the 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 mask on. He's got the suit and all that stuff, and he's flanked by three Secret Service agents, and they're they're like pretty much holding him. He has, and he's trying to get up this small little step, this stoop. It's like two steps, and, um, and and he's falling upward, and they're and they're all holding him and trying to get him back up. And as soon as he regains his balance, they all. They all applaud for him like he's a child or like he just accomplished something enormous. I love it. I love it. I think it's great. And apparently a lot of kids were doing this. There he is.
1: Oh. <laughs> Mr. President, Mr. President, please, please. It's one step, Mr. President. One step. Yes, Mr. President. good job,
4: Mr.
0: <laughs> 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 Good job, Mr. President. Oh, jeez. Oh, geez. Well, there you have it. All right. Uh, we're going to blow past the intermission. We're just going to uh, we're gonna get into this. I want to read it to you. Uh, it's a take a, it, it, The story is incredible, but I want to read it. It's the equivalent of about 35 tweets, but I have to read it to you because it's all we have to do tonight, and then I'm going to throw open the lines, and we'll see what comes back. You can talk about whatever you want. You can comment on people eating pizza like animals into microphones that are live. millions to watch whatever you'd like but this is a this is a story from a twitter account called intrepid and if this if this i don't know if, if this doesn't get some sort of a book deal or a mini series i don't know one day this is an incredible story about being stranded by your country in the middle of the lockdowns on a boat in international waters Listen to this. My small family spent two years of our lives essentially stateless, stranded at sea, 18,000 kilometers from home, floating on 40 foot of fiberglass. Freedom to transact literally became a matter of life or death. This is our story. Australia locked the citizens out from returning during the pandemic. My wife, my family, my wife and three kids, three, five, and six months old, were sailing on a catamaran in Eastern Caribbean at the time. We ended up there for two years waiting out the pandemic. When the pandemic hit, we essentially became stateless. For a time, all countries within sailing distance closed their borders to Australian flagged vessels. No flights or cruise ships. My son couldn't renew his passport and we had to get him temporary refugee papers. Initially, we got locked down for 91 days on our boat in an overseas territory of France. Um, Let's see, the water police prohibited us from leaving the boat. We technically weren't even allowed to swim off of the boat at anchor. Early on, desperate to get the kids some exercise, we took the the dinghy to an isolated beach. The water police again came with guns and megaphones to enforce our isolation. The next day, a mini aircraft carrier arrived and military control was implemented on the island. Hurricane season arrived while we were still in lockdown, ramping up the stress. We, um, We provisioned, to head to sea if a hurricane approached stateless the last resort plan was to drift at sea waiting out the season i studied the weather manically months passed hurricanes became imminent the outlook dire then Grenada saved us they let 1200 stranded boats in despite their borders being completely shut a tiny poor country was saving us when my own affluent country was blocking its citizens this hit home hard can you imagine just months at a time on a boat, on a sailboat with your wife and your three kids, trying to think about how to keep them exercised and good mental health and, and, and then being on your own to, to to try to predict and dodge hurricanes. This is what Australia did to its own citizens. We sailed three days nonstop to Granada. Too late in the season, we faced terrible weather, experiencing multiple frontal systems, winds of 30 to 40 knots, and at one point, three tornadic waterspouts closed in around us while the, the, gooseneck bolt, uh, the gooseneck bolt on the boom vibrated loose. Two more weeks of quarantine, then freedom after four months restricted to the boat. NOAA then issued a hurricane warning with a track map directly over us. We scrambled to prepare and tied to the mangroves. Thankfully, it fizzled out and passed just south of us. As time went by, we became forgotten citizens. Freedom to transact issues began to arise, and we had been living in Canada for three years prior on a global expert visas. Canada had also locked us out. It remained open to citizens and and PR, but not work visa holders. Our Canadian bank cards expired and we needed to physically be in Canada to activate new ones. Subsequently, our online banking account was suspended for suspicious activity. Again, we were required to go into a branch to remedy, which was impossible. Our Australian bank access also became restricted. After roaming overseas for too long, our Australian phone sims expired and we lost access to our 2FA numbers needed for access to our bank accounts here. Oh my gosh. To obtain a new SIM, we needed to provide government-approved ID and activate from within Australia. Again, the familiar response was, come into the bank and we can sort this out. Loss of freedom of movement essentially led to a loss of freedom to transact. Fortunately, we had access to family who could help us out, and the bank agreed, after much pleading over the phone, to accept a phone number of a family member for 2FA. But the lesson was clear. Without freedom to transact, you have very limited options to sustain life. The Australian government also had a place, uh, had also placed a level four travel ban on the entire world for its citizens, previously reserved for only war zones. This immediately rendered both our travel and health insurance policies void due to exemption clauses for travel to level four areas. The Panama Canal then shut to vessels under 80 feet and so began two, often stressful years, at sea. Two years at sea. 18,000 kilometers from home, reliant on the benevolence of small foreign countries to provide the very shelter that our own country refused to render. In this crazy chapter of our lives, we faced numerous challenges, yet savored incredible family experiences. Chiseled by the stress, we entered a heightened state of existence, ultimately transforming it into the most extraordinary time of our lives. Navigating through immense technical and geopolitical intricacies, we journeyed using little more than wind across 15 countries and territories during the pandemic. With the absence of cruise ships, and flights, the Caribbean's remote tranquility echoed the serenity of the 1950s. Wow. It's like a, it's like a, a trip through time on, the, on the, uh, the open sea there. Sailing into endless sunsets, dolphins playfully surfed uh, our bow's wake as the stars emerged in the evening sky. We saw numerous volcanic islands materialize on the horizon and explored untouched jungles and secluded waterfalls. We spent time with the kids, wildlife spotting for monkeys, iguanas, bird colonies, exploring volcanic landscapes, relaxing in hot springs, swimming and diving over the reef with turtles and schools of fish, just enjoying the sea and each other as we watched the kids grow up. Can you, just incredible. This is incredible. Oh, man. Um, Endless hours at the beach, meeting other stranded families from all over the world with vastly different backgrounds, but ultimately a shared story, a common experience to bond us together. We ran our own renewable power systems, solar and wind into lithium bank. We made our own water via a small desalination unit, caught our own fish, drank rum punch, and watched the green flash from more remote beaches then one could expect to see in tens of lifetimes that the green flash is almost a fabled uh, moment where the sun just dips below the horizon and boom, there's that green flash. That was actually turned into a wonderful uh, plot device in um, in the, the the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, that that was the moment where you can capsize your boat and... Go, you know, the, under, the underworld. Oh, it, it, was, it was, those movies were great, at least until World's End. I like the, the second one and World's End a lot. Um, so, The Green Flash, that's incredible. Not all roses, obviously. The flip side was the challenges of raising a baby girl and two boys, including doing some homeschooling in a combined space. Coming up to speed under duress as uh, uh, landlubbers with the realities of sailing, navigation, uh, weather routing, and all boat systems. Constantly working on the seemingly finite list of boat maintenance jobs, endless time spent provisioning and looking for parts, fitting in the time to work remotely to keep us alive financially, dragging anchor in midnight squalls, having other boats drag around you, enduring sleep deprivation, from, other, uh, from anchor alarms and the breastfeeding infant. We somehow preserved uh, on a multi-day sales without access to additional crew, testing our limits when we face extended lockdowns and quarantines everywhere upon arrival. Well, so there, anywhere they went, lockdowns, quarantines, they couldn't get anywhere. My question is there too, is just like the, the, the shape and the health of the sails, You know, just just keeping the equipment up. I would love, I would love to have this guy on for an interview. I got to try. But I'm sure he's going to be swept up by major media. This is an incredible story. The mental angst of that initial 91 days of lockdown in the hurricane belt, uh, hoping that borders would open somewhere for Australian flagged vessels before the hurricane season started will be with me for life. Certainly the hardest thing we have done as a family. The 18 months that followed was sublimely beautiful, yet at times crushingly difficult. In hindsight, the most meaningful time of our lives. When we finally made it home to Australia after two years floating on a 40-foot barge, a 40, foot, 40 feet of fiberglass, it felt like an alternate reality. People at home stressing about the smallest of issues and arguing over trivial things. The Australia I left, a nation of prolific travelers, was now scared of foreigners in a way I had never thought possible in my life. Something had been lost in the population here. They had their own lockdown trauma. In a bizarre way, being stranded at sea liberated us from it. Forged by circumstance, intermeshed into the physical world around us. Our preconceived boundaries of what was possible in life physically and emotionally had been removed. Yet in other ways, it led to a kind of PTSD reintegrating into society. Everyone took for granted simple freedoms like freedom of movement, freedom to always be able to return to your home country, and freedom to transact. We knew firsthand how fragile it all was. I held back releasing Ocean Work uh, or even this story as I needed time to process the experience. After two years of being back on land, I created the Intrepid Ocean series to attempt to work through these thoughts and emotions. The experience highlighted the fragility of global norms and governance systems we take for granted. Now, after being three years back in Australia, we are headed back out on our boat in the Caribbean to finish what we started. The kids are now four, eight, and ten. So here we are again on the precipice about to jump off to find out who we truly are as individuals and as a family. I, I am just mm. flabbergasted at how amazing the story is. The insights, the ups and downs, I'm, it, it, it makes you relive even just from our uh, standpoint on land, the kinds of things that we had never seen before being done to supposedly free people of the world. Um, it's crazy. Anyway. Seven I'm going to take a, a, a intermission break. The only thing is that it's the intermission from October still. I did not see the other one yet, uh, so uh, mind uh, don't mind me. We're going to use the October intermission one more time. We'll be right back, and we're going to take your calls for the last 20 minutes. 914-200-0269. I will see you there.
3: It's intermission time, folks.
2: Time out to press the like button. Thank you.
1: Ladies and gentlemen. we back.
2: Frankly. Quite 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 frankly. Quite
4: frankly. Quite frankly.
3: Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite
1: frankly. We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Quite frankly.
0: Let's go, Brandon. Quite frankly. in Roma Italia. Quite frankly. You're going on Frank's show tonight? I want to get a
4: Coke. Can I get a Coke?
1: So everybody watch. Quite frankly.
3: With Frank,
1: Quite frankly. How dare you?
0: Okay, all right, so 914-200-0269, there's a lot there, any kind of insight, what do you think about that last, uh, what came up for you in that last story that we just read, Um, and anything else, kind of uh, tidying up thoughts for the last couple of days, it's all up to you, 914-200-0269, call in, I would love to get an interview with that guy. I'll see what I can do. But I have to imagine that with his uh his upcoming departure back into the Caribbean, he's probably doing a lot of other things. So, maybe one day when he makes himself available for media, if he's not picked up picked up by some, you know, huge network. 517, you're on the air. Who's this?
3: This is General Zero, Frank. Good evening. How are you doing?
0: Hey, how are you, General? So, what's on your mind tonight? Good,
3: good well i just uh, i wanted to comment on that story that's just un freaking believable like just i don't know man i can't even i can't even wrap my mind around that That's insane that they would be treated like that and just like kept from you know coming to shore and enjoying even the beach when no one else is there um i wanted to share uh a story of uh of a graveyard cemetery story that I was trying to get in yesterday, but no biggie. I really enjoyed the show. Well, that's good. The, uh, the, uh, well, I was back in 93, I was taking care of a graveyard cemetery, like 13 oh. first job, you know, came across my first grade teacher, um, Alberta Vetter, And I saw her grave headstone. I was stupid. And I spit on her grave. I, she was a, she was a torment to me. And, uh, Went home that night, woke up the next morning, had uh, had fucking bruises on my forearms, like dark purple-black bruises that didn't hurt. They weren't sensitive, well, but they were straight-up bruises.
0: That'll serve, she, uh, There you go.
3: She, re- she reached up out of her grave, according to my mother, and grabbed me by my arms. I showed her what happened. She's like, what'd you do? I told her, and she's like, you better get your ass down in the cemetery. And fucking beg for her to forgive you, like, right now. So okay, I jumped Jen. on my 10-speed and I left right. the cemetery. So, I apologized so you did. Greatly. Did, the bruise, I
0: did? Did the bruises go away? The next
3: morning, I woke Good. up, and they were fucking gone. Never yeah. even, like, they were never even there, dude.
0: Well, there you go. There's another one. Uh, there's another uh, story for the books. Thank you so much, General. There you have it. I, let's just get the, I want to get some more in tonight. There is uh, one of our. There's another uh, ghost story to amend to last night. Let's just go to another one. Quick uh, quick pitches tonight. 505, you're on the air. What do you got for us?
4: Hey, how's it going, Frank? How you doing? Um, I was calling to see if you had heard about that 20-year-old kid who was found dead, they say, by a suicide. Out. Um, it was just near Aspen at an amusement park, I think they found him in one of the bathrooms, 20 years old, they said that he was armed to the teeth uh, with, you know, military gear and some fake and some real weapons and explosives, and he left a note, a suicide note that says, I am not a killer.
0: Right. And I I was just
4: wondering, you know, because I'm sure that a lot of your audience is familiar with MKUltra and the stuff that these programmed shooters go through and the torture and stuff that's involved. And I just thought it was interesting. It kind of looked like a kid who had broke his programming and like really, you know, like there's really no way out. Uh, they're going to track you down and that, probably murder you. You know what I mean? Well
0: You, you just, you know, you, I, I would have to, you have to examine everything that uh, all the information and details of that I did see the whole, um, the about the note i'm not a i'm not a murderer and um but i i don't know anything else and you know at this point uh y- you just don't know There just there's so many ways that a person can snap these days there's there's so many ways that a uh a person's habits and routines whether it be pharmaceutical based or anything else it does it doesn't all have to stem from a uh, a nefarious government program but but it, that certainly should be um uh, on the on the the consideration list uh so yeah
4: well we just have a lot of those mass shooting events happening all over again and it's always when they're trying to ramp up the whole anti-gun agenda and you know we need more protection and nobody can have guns anymore you know they just seem to um pop off there's you know actually a lot of these cases that happen all the time so that was just something that came to my mind and of course not every case like that is a product of these mind control programs However, it happens often enough that it's always something that, you know, kind
0: of clicks off in my mind. Well, and thank you for the call. The, the, way, the way I always uh, put it is that when you have a society that is set to implode and all of the conditions for this implosion have been slowly built up over time, when you have set up society to pro- mass produce tragedy, I mean, we've been set up to mass produce tragedy. You look at the, what's going on in the streets, whether it be, uh, you know, sectarian, Middle Eastern sectarian violence that has been imported all over the Western world, whether it's talking about the condition of schools and the behavior of kids there, uh, the homes, what, what the condition of most homes are, the media. I mean, when you just take all that stuff, you take all of the law enforcement issues that we have you take all the mental health issues, you take all the, 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 the pill popping, you name it. I mean, we talk about those, those uh, scenarios and those conditions all the time. We've been set up to mass-produce tragedy. So it doesn't necessarily have to be that some, some spook is sitting in a bunker somewhere, remote-controlling somebody. It doesn't necessarily have to be that. It could just be that let the country implode the way that it is imploding and then you as a media all you have to do is really uh, pick and choose whatever the hell stories you really want to bring to the forefront and uh, and steer it to be able to promote whatever kind of agenda that you're trying to get uh, accomplished you know it, it, it we are at that point where it's just we're we're circling the drain and anything could be made use of by these opportunists who have agendas no doubt about it so um so yeah. All right, 914 914-200-0269. Let's take a call from Albert. What's going on, Albert?
1: Hey, how's it going,
0: dude? How would you uh, how would you uh like to spend 2 years in a 40-foot 40-foot boat not being allowed to make landfall and anywhere really. Just you and your desalination machine couple of kids, your wife and, uh, and and wherever the winds will take you.
1: well honestly if I did it, um, it, it wouldn't be a problem because I if I had a 40 foot catamaran and uh, I wouldn't go out for uh, uh, let me put, I would be prepared and it sounds like for the most part, he was but you know the thing is is if you can't take care of yourself then you get what you fucking deserve right I mean the thing is is that's what it that's what it's coming down to the banks um, are just letting everyone are making everyone very clear about that about who's in charge right now Um, as it occurs to me the reason I called is is it just me because I don't know, because I've been working a lot. Um, where's all the protests for Israel right now? Are, are there ones going on that, that, I, that I missed or something? What do you mean, pro- like-
0: protests for? You mean against? Or, no. uh, or in favor? I
1: mean, I mean, in favor. I mean, I haven't seen, and that's why I'm asking, is it just me? Because I haven't seen one.
0: Well, it, it's uh, it, it's odd. Um, you you see, I mean, as far as everybody, there being a huge demonstration. Things like that go on in, in New York. Cities like that. There'll, there'll be...
1: Yeah, but are those ones the ones... See, that's what I'm... Are those ones like... Remember when they were doing... I mean, the news is, sets up shots, right? They'll get 10 people and they'll all be holding signs and they'll all be grouped up together. I haven't uh even really i see maybe one or two but i guess you know it's kind of occurring to me that i heard some guy say i don't know a couple weeks ago something like that and i don't remember who it was or any of that but he was saying that um it's being set up for israel to be taken out for whatever reason or whatnot i'm like sitting there last night when i was listening to you and i'm like where's all the fucking protests for israel you know, because they're 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 having us go to war. They're stealing all of our money to do it. Um, and I'm not seeing any support, you know, any substantial support from anyone. And I mentioned that to Lisa last night. I'm like, how many countries are, I mean, e- even in the U.N., I think they said 160 countries. Or maybe I heard that from you. There's a lot of countries that are like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Oh, yeah. And it seems like we're, yeah. there's very few people supporting uh, Israel but we are helping Israel and uh, it seems like we're the only ones out there that are really doing that and that's why I was asking because I know that you're you know you're going through the headlines you're doing that every day I'm not so I was just kind of like going wow that would be pretty, pretty pissy to have 160 countries pissed off at us right
0: yeah oh listen I, I don't I don't know I really don't know. I haven't seen anything. It's it's so odd. It's so odd right now because there is just. I mean, everybody. Right now, we're seeing the fracturing, and thanks for the call, Albert. Oh, I, I, oh shit. Um, we're, right now, we're seeing the fracturing of so many different groups. So many different groups, because in the media, they are they they take at least in the in the broadcast media they take a very pro-israel stance the print media but as far as on the streets there's the only real enthusiasm there is for uh is is protesting in favor of a of a ceasefire now of course all of these major protests um are are widespread know, across the board castigated and and misrepresented as being strictly pro Hamas, which even I would look at those and say, okay, obviously there are some radical uh people in these crowds from all different types of persuasions. A lot of intersectional crazies in these crowds, okay, um, who are really, really triggered by 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 the Palestine um cause and, and all that stuff. But to say that all of them are pro hamas is ridiculous these are these are largely people saying you know let's a ceasefire now because the the death is ridiculous and there seems to be like almost like sadistic kind of pleasure and um and uh, a cold-heartedness about it from from the Israeli military aspect of it. I, I there, there are people who in, in this uh, this audience who watch this show from Israel who get in touch with me and say, you know, they, they've been they've been in touch with me say, you know, as far as as far as people who are, you know, pro-humanity versus what our government is, there's a lot of them who are against what the government ha- the, the Israeli government has presented to the world and how they are very very manipulative. I mean, also remember, uh, Israel was one of the most vaccinated and locked down countries in the world as well. So they treat they treat their own citizens like garbage as far as civil liberties go. So what is this? I don't know. I don't know. But you're right. I have not seen a lot of pro-Israeli demonstrations. I, I mean, it'll it'll happen. In, in places like New York, but it's usually only covered in, hey, here's a demonstration and here's the counter protest and whatever. And there was something going on there. Uh, but you're right. It, it's not across the board and it's creating so much infighting. It's incredible. Um, I heard that, that uh, several members of the so-called Democrat squad, those, uh, those bitchy women from the squad like Rashida Tlaib and everybody they they may get primaried because uh the democrat party is is trying so badly to save face because they've made they've cut so many deals with you know weather underground level terrorists for so long all right that that's just it the the intersectionality here is just everybody's the the different uh special interest groups have um they have very similar ways of operating. And for a time being, they all work together until shit like this happens and all of a sudden it kind of forces people to show their cards and then it causes all types of problems. So it, it's just really incredible, incredible how fractured everything is. How fractured everything is and that there are no real uh, battle lines. I, I'm, and even from a physical standpoint, like what I was talking about with Rich, to see all of this stuff come to the surface and all of this these the the presence of all of these Middle Eastern um, these uh, these Middle Easterners who are all throughout the Western civilization now all throughout London uh, you're just seeing where allegiances are at the very least very very split and when the cards are down they know who their their true allegiance really is to and we're in the middle of all this fighting even if you don't take a side and you just don't want to have to do with anybody you don't want anything to do with anybody you want them all out out of your faces, and you want all of your money kept in the country and preferably in the wallet of the person who earned it. That's what I would love. But uh, it, it's not enough to just want that now because the fight over there has been spread around the world. So it's so weird. It's so weird, and it's increasingly it's increasingly dangerous by the day. All right, let me get to some Super Chats before our... Um, Before the band gets here. And then I have to go in the other room. Let's see. First one up on quite frankly superchat.com. Is from StosTube. Thank you so much StosTube. And then Jay Britt says Joe Rogan's next. Hold on a second. Joe Rogan's next broadcast format. Open mic farts. That's just they start farting. Uh, here this is one from Ken McNeil and I think he quoted me he says when your cause has turned into a toddler's Halloween costume only you can deliver that line Frank thanks for the laughs that's all I can do at this point man oh man the momentum continues yes momentum continues right into the holidays and into the new year I appreciate you guys I really do and um, and yeah Man oh man. Let's see. Jay Semo says, I'll follow you, Frank. No problem. It's not gonna be a problem. I promise. I promise. It, it, you're gonna feel so much better to actually put your your money and your time where your mouth is. Because they have you know, I say money, because if you want a super chat, the gold pills there, that whole system, it's it's so much better. Everything is independent, everything is privately processed, it's all it's just it's it's good stuff. And um, and it's one of those things where we can put our money where we or our, where our mouth is. I'm still going to use Rumble. I'm still going to use the Twitter. I'm still going to stream everywhere. It, for the seven o'clock show, from the uh, up until the intermission, then everything goes back to quite frankly dot TV for the second hour. That's just one of those ways to make sure that we never ever lose track again. That there is something that we we know is always going to be there, and hopefully. People just start watching. There's so many other great shows that are on pill.net too and Foxhole. So there's a lot of things that you can take a look at. Other than that, anything outside of 7 o'clock, the Saturday night shows, any other uh, special broadcast that I do from Studio B or anywhere else, it's always going to be across everywhere and, um, and more of that coming. More of that coming. But it's also going to be really great for you guys to see just how cozy it is to be there in the chat room, when the 7 o'clock show ends and immediately the network stuff kicks in and soon it'll be some live shows, some call-in shows, after shows, and uh, and you'll see what the, the greater vision really is and, and it's not going to be hard at all. And it doesn't cost anything less than 10 seconds. QuiteFrankly.tv and then press play. And then once you bookmark QuiteFrankly.tv, you don't even have to type it. Then it's just click, click. All right. Let's see here. Nine two five wild G says not appropriate at all, but we you with your hand over your mouth staring at the camera is my highlight personality uh, personally of the show tonight. Well, I'm a, I'm sorry. I I I know that would be funny. I knew that bringing it up would be funny, because there's only way I can approach this. But it's it. it I'm flabbergasted. I can't fake being flabbergasted. It. I'm flabbergasted. If I were blessed. In years down the lo- the road, with this sh- this beautiful audience that is already a larger than I ever thought it was going to be, that I dreamed of, getting anywhere near h- millions, that people are going to be tuned in, especially if I have a high grade A guest like Elon Musk, that is going to attract a lot more eyes than I usually have. The last thing I would ever do is order a pizza. And squish and smack my way through it, and let you all listen to that. That just, I'm flabbergasted. But um, but yeah. Anyway, more from one nine two five Wild G says yes. You already answered the question. Oh, he says I'm following with you. That's all. Uh, it's all I watch. Says thank you, Jay Semo. Question: Streaming on Rumble and podcast after? Yes, yes. Just to say again. Um, the full show about twenty four hours later will be up on Rumble and BitChute for archiving purposes. And uh and podcasts, it'll still be there for all of you morning warriors to uh to listen on your commutes. That that doesn't change. It's just um it's just about live streaming. Seven o'clock show in the second half. Alrighty. There you go. And um There you have it. All right, what else is there? Quite frankly, on TV, that's all done. We did our rumble rants, and now over on Pilled, let's see what the foxholes say. Robert Sarns, thank you. NJSF, Music Man, seventy-five, Porpoiseful, Sean Joe, and Boys Blanc. It's really great to have you guys there. I'm going to be releasing the scratching. It's time for me to go off on uh, on my merry way here tomorrow. Tomorrow, we got Chris Anne Hall on the show. Got a lot of interesting topics to bring up with her. Some of them are current uh, events related. I want to ask her some personal opinion questions, some hypotheticals. Have a good time. And in the second half of tomorrow's show, would love to take more of your calls and just catch up and relax. So that's all I got for you. Thank you, guys and gals. for Let me make sure that nobody canceled on us. Hold on. Okay, They're going to be a couple minutes late But uh, not enough for me to, to do another full segment That's all for tonight Thank you for everything Thank you for the calls And I will talk to you tomorrow Take care Be well I'll catch you on the flip side Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience. And now, our super chatters, starting with Stostube and Jay Brits and Ken McNeil and Jay Semo and 925 Wild G and all of our friends across Rumble and Pill.net and everywhere else. Thank you, guys and gals. Oh, and uh, thank you to Jeff Miller. Jeff Miller on Rockfin and Twisted Wizard said, Shipped your sword today. You should receive it by Monday. A sword? from twisted wizard and i'm so sorry to the Rockfin crew with those two tips there it's been a long time since the tip came in so i'm glad i checked thank you so much jeff miller and thank you twisted wizard we'll see you tomorrow night much love to you all coming up next quite frankly tv after show